welcome to Top 3 Things with James Oldroyd. In this episode, Jim got to interview Prakash Diria, a finance professor at California State University, Dominguez Hills. Professor Diria explains his own index of goodness, his way to measure the value of different causes and organizations. It could be a great tool to use when determining where to donate or invest money if you want to make the most difference in the world. All right, so thank you. Thanks for uh, taking a few minutes with me today. I'm looking forward to our, our discussion here. Can we, uh, so what I'd love to do is I'll just ask you to introduce yourself briefly, and then let's, I'll just ask some questions. We'll just jump into index of goodness and you know why it's hard to measure goodness. You wanna just introduce yourself? Yeah, my name is Prakash Diria. I'm a professor of finance at California State University Dominguez Hills. I've been teaching finance for the last uh, more than 30 years. Uh, I started at Cal State in 91, and I've been teaching there for a long time. And uh, in 2008, we had the financial crisis. And so I wrote books for children on finance, basically teaching them how to understand complicated financial concepts uh, using day-to-day stories. So I looked at my own kids, saw what they do during a day, they were very small. They were almost in elementary school. And after that, I wrote another series, Law for Kids. Again, explaining complicated legal concepts uh, in day-to-day story form. Books were easier to write than finance, actually, because law is all about rules. And you know, the same rules can apply on a school playground. So I explained complicated concepts like assault and battery, uh, using what they do at a playground. So things like that. So all my, story, my books were like that. Basic easy to understand, no jargon, no math, just stories with uh, lessons in them, basically. So that's where I'm coming from. Now about the index of goodness, uh, you know, uh, you must have seen a lot of uh, challenges like ice bucket challenge and AIDS research, you know, people always raising money for different causes. I always wondered how do people decide where to give money to? you know, on what, what causes to support. So, Mike, so when you asked uh, why do we need it, well, uh, well, because if I'm a billionaire, let's say, for example, and if I have tons of money and I want to give it to a cause which gives me the most bang for my buck, how would I do it? How would I know which one, uh, what uh, charity or what group to support? So I came up with a data-driven approach, basically, just looking at data. Uh, and the way I measure goodness is very simple. I look at, I have a ratio in the, in the numerator, I have the benefits uh, of that venture or whatever that activity may be. Uh, the benefits can be measured in terms of uh, longevity of human life in years. It could be in any form, but I'm basically using the benefit to humanity as a numerator divided by the total human population. That can, you know, that can possibly benefit. So that's, so the bigger the benefit, the better the bang for my buck. So and okay. this, is a, this is then scale, right? So the bigger the benefit would be more, the more individuals that I could potentially. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. that means I get more bang for my buck in that activity, whatever that may be, that cause. Mm-hmm. So that's how I'm, so I'm using, like I said, you know, a data driven approach. I don't have any. By, I hope I don't have any biases towards a particular field or disease or anything like that. I'm just uh, trying to quantify the benefit in terms of years of extended life, for example. 
So let's say, let me to, to illustrate this very easily. Let's say I can support a cause for finding cure for prostate cancer, for example, okay? Now, prostate cancer affects males only, which is only half the population. And that too, those who are maybe over 60 or 65, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming I'm just making up these numbers. But let's say I do find it. And then the benefit is that they get to live a longer life yeah. than if they died from prostate cancer. So let's say the life expectancy is 85. So we are talking about another uh, males get to live another 25 years. So that is the benefit. So if I take all the males on earth, who are over 60. And that to me would be the benefit of finding a cure for prostate cancer. And if you divide the total population, the population includes males and females of all ages, not just over 60, but you know, all. So if you think about that, uh, it's not a very big number. You know, you're just targeting a small key percentage of the human population. Now compare that, let's say with another cause. Okay. Now you will probably see where I'm going with this. Uh, let's say I try to uh, elevate the literal of children in, say, some emerging country, for example. Okay. And we start and we make that education free of charge. And so the benefit is that, let's say, I provide that education to children in elementary school in that country. Now, assuming they start at 10 and assuming a life expectancy of a male or female is in the 80s. So we are talking about. 70 years of fit from that education. Not only that, that child is going to reproduce and his or her kids will also get the benefit because as a father or a parent, you would like to have the children do the same thing. So the benefit of uh, uh, an activity like that or a cause like that is that children and their children and their children and the children, that benefit can go on for many years. So if you look at education, for example, they get the benefit of education for their lifetime of 70 years, assuming they start at 10 and assuming life expectancy is 80. So their benefit is 70 years per child, male or female, doesn't matter. And multiply by the children of the world. So you can see the benefit to humanity is much more than finding a cure for prostate cancer. Yeah. So that is basically what my index does, is try to find uh, in, in terms of a uh, number of years of benefit. Uh, divided by the total population. Yeah, so I like that. And if we think about it, that's going to focus many of the investments on, on younger, right? On, on fixing problems in, in adolescence or in childhood even, rather than, you know, older age problems that, that might arise. Yeah. yeah. So my belief is that you change, you want to change the world, you change the children. Yeah. You know, you, you do something for children because the benefit is much more long lasting last throughout their life as well as the life of the kids. Whereas once we are adults, like I said, you know, case of prostate cancer, finding cure for adult diseases like pancreatic cancer, prostate cancer. I mean, we will live longer. There's no, I mean, there's no bad thing about it, uh, but the benefit dies when we die. As I said, I'm being purely data driven in the sense that in terms of benefit to humanity, the humanity benefits most when children benefit when children develop or something good happens to them. And then that benefit carries on through their children and their children and so on. So I really like your approach. Can you contrast that with, I know there's lots of other uh, indices of goodness out there or, or you know, different ways that people have thought about 
how could I make an investment or how could I how could I uh, allocate my my charitable contributions? Can you compare yours against you know other other indices out there? You know, honestly, I don't know of any other indices, but I know people, uh, philanthropists, uh, they have preferences because they believe in some cause. Yeah, so yeah. they tend to just give it to that. You know, they don't. And that could be from their own life experience, right? Exactly. So like I, I could have lost a mother to cancer. Yeah. And so then I invest yes. money in cancer. Yeah. So mine is, like I said, you know, just you get the, most of the data that I'm talking about is available. Um, yeah. You can get data from the United Nations in terms of literacy levels of countries and number of children and all that data is available. So it's just a matter of computing it for yourself. So one of the things I like about the way you're approaching this is that it's not only about, um, you know, say adding years of life. So we're not only talking about disease or malnutrition, but we're also, you know, you brought the example of education in play, right? So that, that, that implies like a better life or a different life than would have been without, uh, you know, how, how, how do we think about those kind of, uh, you know, so I, I would assume that you're uh, an advocate of that and you would love to see, yes. you know. Like, yeah, I think, uh, you know, when um, I found out, when I read about the histories of some terrorists that they recruit children and they are, they're taught how to fire a machine gun and all that, uh, getting them into schools will somehow elevate world peace because then we won't have uh, so many terrorist organizations, so many terrorists. And so that's one benefit too, which is not quantifiable. But it, it, it builds up their life and they don't think about, they learn about other cultures and they stop being so hateful towards other races and religions and all that. So that education, I think, has benefit that is not so easily quantifiable. Yeah. And I think uh, it doesn't matter where you're born, which part, which country you're born. Any education, I think, will uplift your thinking and would allow you to respect other people. Just makes you a better person. Yeah, and it, you know, if you look at it, like much of the older individuals have a louder voice, and they also uh, like can pay for their for their treatments or whatever. So you could imagine that a lot of investment goes towards curing or helping with ailments that are for older individuals. And I, I think the, I I like the base of your measure, which is you know, how many years can we divide this across on average? You know, so you think about if you're trying to maximize investment, you know, the first rule of investing is invest early, right? It doesn't matter where you invest, just get investing early. And I think in some ways that's uh, similar to what you're saying, which is let's just get investing in, in these kids and then we can look across their entire life, bet reap benefits across many years. And you see, know, all this comes from, you know, I teach business finance and one of the chapters is, net present value, where you compare all those, you know, and so, and then one of the yardsticks is profitability index. Basically, you take the ratio of present value of inflows to present value of outflows. It's very similar to that one. You know, basically, you're trying to get the most bang for your buck, uh, except now you're dealing with social causes, you know, things that affect uh, everybody. And if, if I don't have any biases, and if I have complete freedom in deciding which cause to go for, which cause to support, then this approach, I think, would be a more scientific, data-driven, uh, valuable approach. It may not give me accolades because I do not help fund one of the most trendy causes or popular causes, but in terms of impact on humanity, I think you, one can do a lot like that. Yeah. 
you know, it's just that thinking, like if we pushed it to the extreme and all of these resources were allocated this way, it, it would be interesting to see the outcome, right? As we, as we tackle things that dramatically impact a person's life. And then once we got those solved, then we could start, it, it would work us older, you know, to older and older in the, in the spectrum of well, people's lives. You know, personally, I think uh, even the poverty level, you know, if you teach children early on about education, they themselves can find cures for the, their own problems. So they can probably find cures for uh, poverty and uh, malnourishment themselves. You know, we don't have to do it anymore and yeah. because we are empowering them with thinking and knowledge. And so they themselves can find more cures, more solutions to their problems, the whatever they face in, during their lifetime and beyond. So by not giving that resource to them, by not providing education to them, I think we are trying very hard to find solutions ourselves. Whereas we can just hand over the uh, problem-solving ability to them by educating them. Yeah, I really appreciate it. seems like your focus in general is on children, right? right? Like, right, let's write books to help them understand difficult law and finance concepts, but let's also in, make investments in them in, I think, kind of, you know, profound ways. That's great. But the children, they don't speak. They don't vote. They don't. Nobody, yeah. nobody thinks about them as a, as a force, uh, yeah. as any, anything that they can do to help us. They, nobody thinks of them as a way to solve problems, but I think future of humanity lies in their hand, basically, because yeah. they are the ones who are going to live in the future. And so they have to face their future and they have to face, they have to come up with solutions that face them. Yeah. Instead of us uh, endowing them, we seem to just shackle them with, you know, poverty of resources, right? Yes. Let's put you in debt before you're even, you yes. know, before you even get going, right? Things like that. So, yeah, yeah, that's great. Well, Thank you so much for spending 15 minutes with me and no talking about your uh, your index of goodness and scientific approach to to thinking through. I mean, these are these are really tangible, real world problems, right? How how do I think about investing my? Everyone has limited resources. How do I think about investing my limited resources and do, in doing the most good? And so I appreciate your approach. I think it's it's a nice scientific and practical way to think about that. And it's, it's common sense, really. I mean, if you think about it, if you want to get the most, when you buy things for, you know, you want to make sure you get your money's worth. And I think this approach, uh, if I'm a billionaire or something, I have money to allocate to causes, then I want to make sure, you know, I'm getting my money's worth. And I think this goes in that direction. Yeah. And another thing I like about it is even if I'm not a billionaire and I'm just going to donate a small amount, I still yeah. think your principles would apply Yes, equally as definitely. well. That's true. Yeah. Well, thanks again, Prakash. It's been nice to have you today. Thanks so much for sharing your uh, thoughts and wisdom with us. Well, thank you very much. We hope you liked this interview with Prakash and Jim. If you did and want to see more content, videos, articles, podcasts, then go to internationalhub.org.